legends, myths, ghosts, the paranormal, all these and more, exploring into the night, welcome. Good evening and welcome to tonight's episode of Exploring Into the Night. I am your host, Galileo. In the first episodes, we talked about ghosts and ghostly legends. Today, we will change the subject a bit, yes. Today, we will talk about witches, in honor of the new witches movie that was just released. Now, what is a witch? Well, usually, a witch is a female thought to have special powers derived from the devil via the moon a female sorcerer, a believer or follower of the Wicca or Wiccans. Portrayed in many stories and legends as an ugly, evil-looking old woman. Many fairy tales feature a scary witch. Even though most witches are believed to be evil, there are those that practice white magic and are portrayed as beautiful women with kindness in their beings. These witches tend to be loners. They do not like being around people, thus they love to live out and deep inside the woods. At times, they live either in a cave or in a makeshift hut. These rustic homes are many times hidden in the bushes so that they are not easily seen, and in many cases, are hidden with a magic spell. The witches usually live on their own or with other witches of their coven. A coven is a group of witches that practice the same kind of magic or have similar interests. These covens are referred to in works of literature as groups of witches has the meeting under the cover of night often in mysterious groups of 13. Although there are only three of them, the weird sisters in Shakespeare's play Macbeth could be considered a coven. To people who follow the contemporary religion called Wicca, a coven is a gathering no different from a congregation in our, our worldly religions. The word coven arose during the mid-1600s, ultimately from the Latin root coventus, or assembly. Members of a coven consider themselves sisters and refer to each other as the sisters of the moon. The reason to call themselves this is a direct re reference to their belief that their power, that, is some, that, in, that in some folklore legends is derived directly from the devil, Dark Lord, Lord of the Underworld. He comes in many names depending on the origin and religion of the legend, via the moonlight. They believe that the Underworld emanates power which is directed to the moon and reflected to them via the moonlight. This transfer of energy becomes much more powerful during a full moon, and even more power is sent to them during a red moon. This is why most witches cast their spells and brew their potions into the night, 
when the power is at its peak. This power, the spells, the rituals, and the brews are known as witchcraft. Well, now, what is witchcraft? Well, witchcraft is defined by vocabulary.com as a type of magic that involves casting spells and divining the future. Historically, witchcraft is often associated with folk medicine and healing. Even though in many of the legends, in many of the stories, this is what it was intended for, people back then were afraid of such magic or such sciences as we would call them now and they would be portrayed as witches and the evil that comes from them from healing remember when somebody doesn't know or isn't informed about something fear tends to take over and this is where the evilness in spirits in spirit comes from well the word witchcraft has had many meanings over time and in different parts of the world it has been dangerous to be accused of practicing witchcraft throughout history and remains so in some places today mainly in places that are heavy into any type of religion when they don't accept other types of beliefs. For some, witchcraft is simply the practice of the Wiccan religion, while others see witchcraft as evil, involving the dark forces or magic. Well, the word is used to mean bewitching, sort of charm. Witchery is defined as black art, black magic, necromancy, or sorcery. The belief in magical spells that harness the occult forces or evil spirits to produce unnatural effects in the world. Now, this comes to mind when back in the 1500s, the 1600s, the humans, us, the people, had very, very little knowledge of medicine. So whenever a healer, in this case, used a different type of medicine that they weren't aware of, call it weeds or plants, when they mashed them up and put them into a stew, and gave it to a person and they healed. They got scared. They thought it was magic. Evil magic. Well, throughout history, around the world, there have been many situations that have now become legends and stories of witches and witchcraft. The most famous being, of course, the witches of Salem in North America. Those witches were said to practice witchcraft for medicine purposes, but were unfairly haunted down and burned at the stakes due to fear 
that they were out to get the children of the townspeople nearby in Salem and use them for their brews, for their spells, and even to use their energy and spirits and suck it up in order to be forever young. This time period is known, of course, as the Salem Witch Trials. The Salem Witch Trials occurred in colonial Massachusetts between 1692 and 1693. More than 200 people were accused of practicing witchcraft, the devil's magic, and 20 were executed, burnt at the stake. Eventually, the colony admitted the trials were a mistake and compensated the family of those convicted. Since then, the story of the trials has become synonymous with paranoia and injustice. And it continues to beguile the popular imagination today, more than 300 years later. A witchcraft craze ripped throughout Europe around the 1300s to the end of the 1600s. Tens of thousands of supposedly witches, mostly women, were executed. Though the Salem trials came just as the European craze was winding down, local circumstances explained their onset. Now, on to the story further into the story. During the 1690s, England was at, was at war with France yet again. Only this time, it was in the American colonies of present days New York, Nova Scotia, Quebec, and Ontario. Sending refugees into County of Essex, in today's Southeast Ontario in Canada, and to Salem Village in today's Massachusetts in the United States. The displaced people created a strain on Salem's resources. This aggravated existing rivalry between families with ties to the wealth of the Port of Salem and those who still depended on agriculture. Controversy also brewed over Reverend Samuel Paris, who became Salem Village's first ordained minister in 1689 and was disliked because of his rigid ways and greedy nature. The Puritan villagers believed all the quarreling was the work of none other than the devil. In January of 1692, Reverend Paris's daughter Elizabeth, aged nine at the time, and niece, Abigail Williams, who was aged 11, started having fits. They screamed, threw things, uttered peculiar sounds, and pretty much controlled themselves into strange positions. And the local doctor blamed the supernatural, again, lack of knowledge. Another girl, Anne Putnam, aged 11, experienced similar episodes on February 29th. Under the pressure from magistrates Jonathan Carwin and John Harthrone, the girls believed 
three women, I'm sorry, they blamed three women for afflicting them. Chiriba, the Paris' Caribbean slave, Sarah Good, a homeless beggar, and Sarah Osborne, an elderly, impoverished woman. All three women were brought before the local magistrates and interrogated for several days, starting on March 1, 1692. Osborne claimed innocence, as did good. But Tijuba confessed, the devil came to me and bid me to serve him, she described. Elaborate images of black dogs, red cats, yellow birds, and the black man, who wanted her to sign his book. She admitted that she signed the book and said that there were several other witches looking to destroy the Puritans. All three women were put in jail. This is what is known as the Devil's Black Book. Well, once paranoia had been planted in the villagers' in the villagers' minds, a stream of accusations followed for the next few months. Charges against Martha Corey, a loyal member of the church in Salem Village, greatly concerned the community. If she could be a witch, then anyone could. Magistrates even questioned Sarah Good's four-year-old daughter, Dorothy, and her timid answers were constructed as a confession. The questioning got more serious in April when Deputy Governor Thomas Danforth and his assistants attended the hearings. Dozens of people from Salem and the other Massachusetts villages were brought in for questioning. Following the trials and executions, many involved, like George Samuel Sewall, publicly confessed error and guilt. On January 14, 19, I'm sorry, 1697, the General Court ordered a day of fasting and soul-searching for the tragedy of Salem. In 1702, the court declared the trials unlawful, and in 1711, the colony passed a bill restoring the rights and good names of those accused, and granted the equivalent of 600 British pounds in restitution to their heirs. However, it was not until 1957, more than 250 years later, that the Commonwealth of Massachusetts formally apologized for the events of 1692. Well, if you want to read more about this story, you can find it at the webpage of the Smithsonian's magazine which is www.smithsonianmag.com Now, another story of witches is called Cirque. One of the best known mythological mistresses of mayhem is Cirque, who appears in the Odyssey. According to the story, Odysseus and his Achaeans found themselves fleeing the land of the Lystrigians, after the group of Odysseus scouts were captured and eaten by the Lystrigian king, and nearly of all his ships sunk by large boulders, the Achaeans ended up on the shores of Aea. 
home to the witch goddess, Sirk. Sirk was well known for her magical mojo and had quite the reputation for her knowledge of plants and potions. According to those accounts, she may have been the daughter of Helios, the sun god, and one of the Oceanids, but she is sometimes referred to as the daughter of Hectate, the goddess of magic. Cirque turned Odysseus' men into pigs, and so he set off to rescue them. Before he got there, he was visited by a messenger god, Hermes, who told him how to defeat the seductive Cirque. Odysseus followed Hermes' helpful hints and overpowered Cirque, who turned the men back into men. Well, in this case, who turned the pigs back into men. And she then became Odysseus' lover. After a year or so of luxuriating to Ithaca and his wife Penelope, the lovely Circe who may or may not have borne Odysseus a couple of sons, gave him directions that sent him all over the place, including on a side quest to go to the underworld. After Odysseus' death, Circe used her magic potions to bring her late lover back to life. Now, this other, this third legend comes from England, from the great stories of King Arthur. She is called Morgan Le Fay, also known in some cases as Morgana. If you've ever heard of any of the Arthurian legends, King Arthur, the name Morgan Le Fay should ring a bell. Her first appearance in liter literature is in Geoffrey of Mammoth, The Life of Merlin. Written in the first half of the 12th century, Morgan or Morgana has become known as a classic seductress who lures men in with her witchy wiles and then causes all kinds of supernatural shenanigans. The Vulgate Cycle describes her role as one of Queen Guinevere's ladies-in-waiting. According to this collection of Arthurian tales, Morgana fell in love with Arthur's nephew, Guillemar. Unfortunately, Guinevere found, found out and put an end to the affair. So Morgana exacted her revenge by busting Guinevere, who was fooling around with Sir Lancelot. She got busted. Morgan Le Fay, whose name means Morgan of the Fairness in French, appears again in Thomas Mallory's Le Mort du Arthur, in which she was unhappily married to King Urien. Remember, King Urien was the king that knighted young squire Arthur, who would later become King Arthur. At the time, she became a sexually aggressive woman who had many lovers, including the famous Merlin. However, her love of Lancelot has always been unrequited. It is said that Sir, Lan Sir Lancelot 
was in her own world, in her own eyes, in her own mind, her biggest lover. Well, remember, if you have any stories, legends, or myths, and would like for us to place them in this podcast, please send them to Exploring Into the Night Podcast, spelled out E-I-T-N podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on the Twitter at Into Exploring or just type in Exploring Into the Night. Well, that is it for today. We'll go deeper into stories of witches as there are many. There are all types of witches around the world. Some good some evil, and some, well, nobody knows. But until next time, I will see you again in the next episode. This has been your host, Galileo. Have an excellent evening.